Attention Life Tips listeners, looking for better ways to become better, smarter, faster, and wiser? Well, listening to Life Tips is a great start, but how about if we gave you an easier way to listen? Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Listen to Life Tips and even more programs that will help you build to a better health, wealth, and lifestyle. Download the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play today. Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Making your life smarter better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Life Tip Show, everyone. Byron here, your host. I'm here with Vince Caprio. Vince, welcome. Thank you very much. You are here as the founder of the Water Innovations Alliance Foundation, which I am going to, for this moment forward, call WAF. WAF. <laughs> um, Excellent. Tell me, tell me a little bit about WAF and, and what, your, what your mission is. Our, uh, we were created in the uh, fall of uh, 2008, and we are a nonprofit, and we are dedicated to looking at emerging technologies uh, that are addressing our water infrastructure problems in the United States. Is your focus 100% on the U.S., just so I can be clear? Yes, we're sp- yes, it is. So we spend all of our time looking at solutions to uh, problems in our country. You know, we're, we're, and there's many other NGOs that are in water that look at Africa and problems in China and India, but our niche is uh, America. Vince, how serious a problem is water in the United States here? Is it? Just tell us a, a macro overview of, of the problem that you're trying to help solve. Well, let me give you the water infrastructure state of the union, as I call it. In uh, let's look at uh, urban areas. Worn-out pipes account for 700 water main breaks a day, not a year, a day, and that's a loss of approximately 15% of the treated water from a water treatment center. Or you're, I know you're sitting down. We lose 7 billion gallons a day from broken pipes. Most of our pipes in our urban areas were put in during the great society programs from President Roosevelt in the 30s and 40s. And in every urban area, the leakage on pipes is about 50%. So, that's right, 50%. So, in a place like Boston, the pipes are leaking 50%. And how do they deal with that? They turn up the pressure and push more water through the pipe. That's what they do in New York, Boston, Chicago, Hartford, all these eastern cities. It's because our pipes in the, these urban areas in the east, some of them were put in the, in the 1800s. Incredible. And tell me about the, this water that's lost. What happens to that water? Where does it go? And why does that create yet more problems for us? Well, we're losing 7 billion gallons a day. And in most of these cities, uh, there's 
three or four water main breaks a day, and it doesn't really get reported. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's like on page 43 of a local newspaper, and um, it, it just, in, in areas where, obviously, if you look at the whole country, the Northeast has enough water, the Midwest has an abundance of water, but then when you get into the West and California where there's a present drought, it affects California greatly. Um, and, it, and also, the, in the areas where we do have an abundance of water in the Midwest or where we have adequate water in the Northeast, obviously, it really breaks down the infrastructure because the water is just going into a drain, and then the water has to be re reused at the treatment center, so it just puts more pressure on the treatment center. Uh, our foundation, uh, in conjunction with the American Society of Civil Engineers, had done uh, some pretty um, deep research a couple of years back, and we estimated that to fix our water infrastructure, the pipes in America, would cost approximately um, $400 billion. Will so, we ever spend that? Will we, will we ever spend that? And what well, you, you know, it's really interesting that you phrase it like that. Tragically, our country doesn't do any forward planning. Tragically, we appropriate money due to tragedy, due to crises. That's how things evolve. And uh, when uh, a couple of years back, Boston had a broken pipe, and the people of the, in the Boston area didn't have any water for 72 hours. So then, of course, immediately the constituents of the uh, politicians got annoyed and then magically there was federal funding to fix some, repair some of those pipes. But uh, we have to someday, we're going to have to really take a look at this because politicians and our elected officials on all levels talk about infrastructure, but they don't talk about repairing water infrastructure, which, look, we all drink water and take a shower or bathe every day. Tell us a little bit about what innovations and, and new technologies come out that might be of great value to our situation here in the U.S. Well, that's, a lot of, that's, that's really what we spend a lot of time on on our conferences. We've had 12 conferences since 2009. We usually have three conferences a year where we have a number of speakers from, um, that have emerging technologies that will help create and repair these the water infrastructure. So the water industry is a very mature industry. It's actually a trillion-dollar industry. Now, to give you an example, my mother knows on Sunday night or Monday when she watches Access Hollywood like what the highest-grossing movie is on Monday night from the weekend. And they'll say, well, the highest-grossing movie is $100 million. So my mother knows that. Now, the whole movie industry is $20 billion. 20 billion. The water industry is 1 trillion. So here is a very mature $1 trillion industry that's very much under the radar. And unfortunately, you know, he had, you know, Gates and, and Jobs and Wozniak in the 70s that created software and the computers and, the, the, you know, look what we have today, you know, the iPhones and the minis and, and the touchscreens. All that technology, all that brain power went into computing where not much of it went into the trillion-dollar water industry. 
So we're trying to get utilities to start using software to monitor where the brakes are or sensors to look at where the brakes are in the pipes instead of what they've been doing traditionally is if they appropriate $200 million for a city to put new pipes in, they just start in the southern part of the city, rip up the pipes, and just put new pipes in. That, doesn't, that, that really needs to come to an end. We need to use Wi-Fi sensor software and all the technology we've been provided by the, uh, by the IT industry be in, integrated into the water industry. And, and that's what a lot of people in technology are tr trying to do now. Tell me a little bit about some math here. So if this is a trillion-dollar industry, yes. and to fix the industry is only $400 billion, why not just take a hit one year and fix the problems, which would make even more revenue potentially generated? Well, when I say it's a trillion-dollar industry, so that's the, the entire, that's the entire, all the gross receipts of everything that's done. So that includes... Two hundred and fifty billion of the industry is actually the equipment that is used in the water industry. So you're a consumer. You flush the toilet. It goes. If you have sewers, it goes to a water treatment center. A fifty thousand, a, a city of fifty thousand, when they build a new water treatment center, that would cost two hundred million. So that two hundred million is in that trillion dollar number. Now you see why it's such a big industry. So all these cities, when they build these treatment centers, they cost 100 to $200 million. Some treatment centers cost $500 million. So that's, that's, that's what makes it such a large industry. And then when you talk about, like, out in California, where there's a drought, 20% of all of our fruits and vegetables in this country are produced in that Fresno area, in that, in that farm country, they just alone, all the pipes and irrigation, that might be fifty billion of the one trillion. So it's it's pretty um it's such a complex horizontal industry and there's actually three large water companies in the country uh that service America. There's uh Veolia, which is an international French company that has offices United States. Then there's American Water, which is a, another large company, and um, United Water. And these companies have public-private partnerships with the utilities to run utilities. Now, there's 5,000 utility water utilities in the United States, and of the 5,000 water utilities, they serve um, uh, 80 per, 80, 20 percent of those utilities. A thousand of them serve eighty percent of all the residents of the country. So, you know, there are some of the numbers why it's a trillion-dollar industry and why it's so complicated and so fragmented. I mean, five thousand water utilities in the United States—that's a lot of utilities. They have to buy a lot of equipment, a lot of, buy a lot of pipes. Interesting. Tell me a little bit about the quality of water, um, and before we take a break. Break. How is the quality of the water in general in the United States, and 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 how is is it moving in the right direction, namely 
better quality or are, in fact, as acid rain and other such things, bring on significant problems. The drinking water in our country is excellent. Actually, the drinking water in every large city is better than bottled water. Now, and this is something that happened with the whole health movement in the late 80s with, you know, the baby boomers. They st People started to perceive that uh, the water wasn't clean, so let me buy bottled water, which is clean. You know, since the uh, uh, establishment of the EPA, which was established by President Nixon in 1971, to look at, to, to regulate our water, the, the quality of our water, and then eventually air, our water has just gotten so much better over the 40 years. There's rivers like the Housatonic River in Connecticut. You know, 40 years ago, it was completely polluted. Now you can swim in it. You can even swim in the Hudson River. So the quality of our water is the best it's been in the history of this nation, and the quality of our drinking water is, once again, excellent. What about acid rain, though? Aren't we seeing a lot of pollution come out of China, particularly, and other places, and even in the U.S.? What, how is that affecting our water? Uh, it's, it's, it's affecting the water somewhat, but don't forget, the, the water you drink and take a shower and bathe with is their treatment centers. And these treatment centers are very advanced nowadays, and they use nanomembrane filtration, and they're doing a great job. You know, you take a city like Dayton, they have a beautiful water treatment center that's been able to, um, you know, clean the water. I mean, so we're we're in pretty good shape in the United States as far as drinking the water and using it to bathe. Let's take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia, on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy.
Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment. Sh- Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I signed us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Best Search Strategies. Where our hosts, Jamie Smith and Brian Lewis, discuss state-of-the-art search strategies and tools to help search marketers increase conversion and lower costs. Best Search Strategies. On demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Back with Vince. Vince, appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about some of the entrepreneurs out there. How, how can an entrepreneur get into this trillion-dollar industry? What are, what are some of the interesting things happening out there for entrepreneurs? Well, they, they need to, since this is such a large industry, they need to... Uh, the entrepreneurs that are coming in are obviously using IT to um, really help the the water system. So there's something at this point known as a lot of people are trying to um, have a smart water system. That's another thing that I'm a proponent of. So a smart water system would obviously uh, utilize the technologies that we have um, by, um, by 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 using applications even at a utility to monitor to do monitoring of, of the of the water quality and then also monitor the leakage of the pipes. So an ot- there's a lot of um, like there's a lot of opportunities for even modeling for entrepreneurs, like say statistical, like in, in gas and oil and electricity, there's, there's a national uh, grid in electricity. So entrepreneurs years ago that were involved in software were able to do modeling to see what's going on with the electrical grid. Now you're seeing entrepreneurs that are involved in software and utilizing big data to be able to do modeling for those utilities to see, to be able to predict with a meteorologist when a drought would be and put all that information 
into you know a database and, and try to monitor it. This is only happening now in the water industry. So there's a lot of opportunities for for entrepreneurs in the software field, the big data fields, and also the sensors fields in the water industry. Is there a marketplace where cities could buy and or sell water, much you know, like the grid? You know, obviously you know about the grid, and that was a great question. Right now there isn't, but myself and many other people that we have a conference call once a month, we talk about this often, and I've been talking to the companies that, that buy and sell electricity about that. So there's large multinationals that do that for a living, and they're working on doing that for the future. What about water pipelines? Do you think we'll ever see a pipeline uh, through the intercontin intercontinental divide that would could bring water from more robust areas of the Midwest out to California? You and know, other places the, in the world. And, and and that's one of the real challenges here. I don't know if that's going to happen in my lifetime. See. Part of the, I said before, these utilities, there's 5,000 utilities, and of the 5,000 utilities, the old 80-20 rule, um, it, uh, the 20% control uh, the 80% of the population. So water industry, unlike the electrical, there's no water grid. So I'm an advocate of a national water grid. So beginning that there's no national water grid, Every state has these authorities, and you know the, the the water authority in Massachusetts that serves Boston is is you know it's provincial and parochial, and they want to deal with their problems. The people in Georgia want to deal with their problems. The people in North Carolina want to deal with their problems. The people in Florida want to don't care about the problems of Massachusetts, and then the people in Florida don't care about the problems of the people in California. So we really need to have a national uh, grid, and we need to have legislation. Not that I'm calling for regulation. We have plenty of regulation by the EPA, but we all need to have some sort of national uh, a, a water strategy so that eventually we could get to a point where we did have a pipeline, as you advocated. But we're very far off because everybody is – in their own corner right now. Tell me a little bit about advances in, in recycling rainwater. Um, oh, you know. what, wonder. There's been so many advances in regard to that, especially on golf courses out in the West and in Arizona and Texas and New Mexico and Colorado and California. It happened like uh, 10 years ago, and now there's technology that's really wonderful that they're able to recycle the rainwater, whatever rain they get, and they also are able to recycle the ponds that they use for runoff, and they recycle that water for those golf courses so they don't have to use the water that's being used for the consumers. Um, the industrial, there's about a there's 100 very large industrial water users in the United States led by somebody like Intel. Intel uses 90,000 gallons of water a day in, in, in um, manufacturing these semiconductors. Well, they created the platinum standard, the gold standard in recycling. All their water is recycled now at Intel because they didn't want to have to you know, um, 
uh, affect the local communities and, and, you know, water usage. So Ford and also Miller Coors, in the last 10 years, they, they decided that they were going to decrease their water footprint. And Ford and Miller Coors, in the last 10 years, have decreased their water usage by 90%. So they, these industrial water users have done a fabulous job in recycling water. So, you know, that's a, I mean, it, it's just, it's, they really were, you know, forced to because they wanted to be good corporate citizens. So at these industrial water users, if, if you go call the director of sustainability, and you, you hear that title more and more, you know, so-and-so is the director of sustainability at XYZ multinational, the major the biggest part of their job as a director of sustainability, you know, people say, well, they're going green. No, the biggest number one item on their job is water when you're the director of sustainability because you don't want to you, you don't want to drain the water usage in that community because then you're not going to be a nice corporate citizen. And they've been a very effective, these companies. Vince, but, tell me a little Vince, tell me a little bit about the uh, the, the the average Joe at, at home and recycling rainwater from their rooftops, literally through gutters into containers. That's typically a very expensive undertaking to create a water, uh, you know, a water. Uh, it's, it's interesting you mention it anecdotally, and I know I know I, I should do some research on that uh, because I have so much. I do research on so many things. I anecdotally, I don't know anyone that's ever done that, <laughs> and I'm the founder of a water nonprofit. Yeah. You know, and and we've talked about that. We don't know other than maybe some uh, graduate assistant somewhere at you know some state university. We don't know anybody that lives in a three thousand square foot home that's ever been ever doing that. I mean, I visited a four hundred square foot home. That was, you know, some PhD candidate was in, and he was doing that. But I, I don't even, I, I, the, the percentage of the population doing that is, is so small. I mean, most Americans, and research indicates that, think most Americans, educated and uneducated, believe water's free. I, I'll say it again. They think it's free, and a lot of in research that's been done, educated people that college degrees and advanced degrees actually think it's a birthright of being in America that the water's free. I mean, now in the East, in, in most cities in the country, outside of the East and the Midwest, the, 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 the rates for consumer water have gone up 100% in the last 10 years, whereas in the Northeast, they haven't. They've only gone up like 5% in the last 10 years. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, people that are recycling water, that's, that's the college kids and PhD candidates. Do, do, have you ever heard of anyone that does that? I have, yes. There are, they're, they're growing in, first of all, the cost, just so you know, is somewhere between ten dollars and $20,000 and 50000 and up to have a... Yeah. And the restriction, the government restrictions are ridiculous. Um, yes. You know, you have to get a permit for this. It, there has to be a, a certain, uh, you know, gauge of either steel or 
hold your holding tank has to be bulletproof basically and environmentally you know compatible mm-hmm. um, and then you need landscaping that will bring the water to to the tank um, and then on top of that your gutter system needs to fit with the the way things are flowing but believe it or not, I'm pretty close to it on a property that I redid. Um, mm-hmm. We have we have the drainage coming off into central locations. I have not built a tank to store it in. That is the expensive part of it. Um, but but if you talk with now the other popular thing it, 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 to mention is that it just about every garden center these days sells very large wooden barrels and or other barrels that can easily be put under you know, a gutter system. Yes. What would be interesting for you to research, one more mm-hmm. thing, is, you know, I would love for an organization like yours to tell me what the facts are and the stats are. Um, you know, how much money could I save a year with this installation? Um, and, and therefore, those numbers might entice a lot of entrepreneurs to, to start thinking about the creative solutions with how that could be done more economically and simply. No, and, and I think it can work in places like Florida, I guess, where the water bills are high, in places in Colorado and New Mexico where water bills are high. I mean, where I live in Connecticut, my water bill has increased $5 in 15 years. And, on, you know, tragic. Are you watering your gas? Are you, are, are you watering your grass? No, I don't have to. I, li- I, you know, where I live, we get enough rain. Uh, you know, we don't do that here. So most of the lawns. Uh, what are the stats on the amount of water used on grasses? It's got to be staggering. Yeah, I and, and most and you can see from my my conversation. Most of what I do research on is, you know, the repair of the wood of the pipes to, from the water treatment center yeah. for consumers and for industrial water users. Yeah, but you know, you're right because like my, my daughter who's 16, I mean, she'll take an hour shower. I mean, we have so much water in the northeast that, you know, even if you live in a 3000 square foot house on an acre in nor- in the northeast, your water bill is only $35 a quarter, maybe $30 a quarter. I mean, you don't have large water bills in the Northeast it's because we have enough water. And so people take it for granted. You know, they're running the showers forever. You know, so, and, and it, you know, it's interesting, in the Midwest, the aquifers are filling up in Ohio. There were so many, uh, you know, dating back to the 70s with the Rust Belt, so many manufacturers left the Midwest that, in in Ohio, once again, the aquifers are filling up. They could they could put a hundred manufacturers in the city of Dayton, and it wouldn't put a dent on the water system. And it's a place like Milwaukee, which has become Milwaukee, Wisconsin, has become the Mesopotamia of the water industry, and they are doing a lot of um, that. That's like become the biggest water cluster. And if you know any of the listeners should Google that, you'll see some of the sophisticated things they're doing. And one of the reasons why is they had an abundance of water. So they're then telling manufacturers, come on, move to Wisconsin. We have plenty of water for now till whenever you want to go. Now, you know, people that consult with companies, tell companies, you really can't move to 
you know, New Mexico or certain parts of Denver, uh, certain parts of Colorado or certain parts of California, you need to move to these states where there's plenty of water. Well, I just pulled up some stats on the web for you here. Okay. It's pretty interesting. I, let's say about a half an acre, um, you know, 10 turf zones, 20 minutes per cycle, five uh, shrub sh zones, 10 minutes per cycle, four days a week. That's probably a, you know, upper middle class neighborhood classic house in the Boston area where I live here. 47,000 gallons a month. Wow. 47,000 gallons a month. So that's why I was asking. And that, that's, a, that's, um, that's on par probably with, you know, with a lot of the homes in the greater, you know, greater Boston area here. Um, yes. And, you know, that's what's happening out there. So I think the data is in your favor of looking at this problem. I think that there's a lot of, a lot of wastage of water going on, a lot of demands from the water system through residential, you know, property. Yeah, and, and you realize that the worst leakage in the country of any urban area is Boston area because there's pipes that were built there in the 1880s. There's pipes in the city of Boston that are wood, and if they turn the pressure off, would collapse. Wow. Yes. Yeah, that's that's pretty. You know, and and that's the thing is that you know you mentioned. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to talk about consumers. I don't know if you ever had the opportunity to, and you see it every now and then. You know how much water it takes to make a hamburger, like a quarter pounder from McDonald's. It takes two thousand nine hundred gallons. People are like, how can that be? Well, when they do that research, they take it from step one to the final step. You know that that includes, you know the uh, the animals. But a you know a glass of milk it takes 265 gallons of water to make to make one glass of milk. A glass of wine is 66 gallons. A cup of coffee is 37 gallons. Wow. Yeah. So when what you start about running water and toilets, running water and toilets is that is that just astronomical on a daily basis? Yeah. I, yeah. It's, I don't have the number in front of me, but it used to be four times worse until they put in. Or you know the the government and the and the EPA passed all those regulations in the 80s to change all the toilets so that all the new homes had those toilets that had a fourth of the water that were being used in the toilets. Now I live in the Northeast like you, and I you know I love those old toilets. It's <laughs> used a lot of water, but I I, I finally uh, redid my house and every bathroom, so I I have all the new toilets finally, but. I had the old toilets from the 40s and 50s in my home, but, uh, you know. Vince, it's been great having you on the show. You have some conferences coming up. When is your next yes. conference? Uh, we have one in Naperville, Illinois, outside of Chicago, our Water 2.0 conference on May um, 20th and 22nd, which uh, our, our leading uh, sponsor is, General, is GE. GE is a great corporate citizen when it comes to uh, water. They, they've really... Uh, set the standards for so many of their clients and and you know they're they're working on a lot of software and a lot of sensors to really help these utilities and uh you know they'll be there with their people and then there's you know American Water and Veolia will speak and you know some of the other uh, uh companies like Hawk who'll be there that do, are involved in water treatment and um you know we you know we talk about 
how to solve these problems. As to as, as you know, I'm, I'm sitting here today talking about the uh, the horizontal and the vision of what the problems are, but. At my conferences, we have half-hour discussions, two-hour discussions, and presentations that are technical that show these technologies and how they specifically work. So it's a real hands-on solutions. We'll have another conference in Houston, which will be dealing more with water having to do with the oil and gas industry, and then we'll have our third conference in the fall in New York City, which deals with more of the uh, the urban area water um, um, uh, infrastructure problems. Who would you like to see attend your conference? Could you give us an idea? Uh, you have many different conferences. The, of course, the, but, yeah, we have the three year. The people that attend our conferences are people from utilities. You know, the EPA um, is is you know people say EPA EPA EPA's budget is only. $8.5 billion, and the budget for the United States is $3.9 trillion. So Social Security is $700 billion, Medicare, Medicaid is $700 billion, Department of Defense is $700 billion. $700 billion, those each agencies, where EPA is $8.5 billion. So EPA sends out guidance to these utilities and so the utilities, a lot of times, and we work with the EPA, and the EPA will be speaking at our conference in, in Illinois, and the EPA is at every one of our conferences. The EPA wants to know about these emerging technologies and these innovations because they want to spread the word to the utilities. So we have people from the water industry and the people from the utilities that come to our conferences to hear about technologies. So scientists and engineers that are involved in the water industry, and most of the scientists and engineers that are in the water industry, the scientists are usually master's degrees in chemistry, and then the engineers are chemical engineers with a master's or an undergraduate degree in chemical engineering. It's really interesting. I said this earlier. The water industry, for whatever reason, is very much under the radar. It's never gotten the press of the IT industry. You know, it's never had the gates and the jobs and the Wozniaks and the Zuckerbergs it, they, it, because it's an industry that's been here since the Romans. You know, the Romans dug a trench and covered it and sent the water through the trench. I mean, basically, we're dealing with the same situation. There, you know, you, you, you dig a hole and you put a pipe in it and somebody flushes the toilet and it goes to the water treatment center and the water treatment center, I don't have to get graphic. You know what they do there. So. Well, Vince, it's been great having you. Hey, not that we want to leave on that note. But, no, but, no, no, no. We, we want to we always, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, we in this country should really be happy for what we have in regard to water. We, we really are born into a really fabulous opportunity of we have clean water, and we've really got to don't we can't take it for granted, you know, for our kids and our grandkids because you can see if, if we don't if we don't conserve it and if we don't put the money into infrastructure, it's not going to be here in a hundred years. Spot on. Well, we really appreciate all your work, research, and effort in helping this company better understand this country better understand our, our situation. Uh, so thanks for all you do. Thank you very much. Vince Caprio, great having you on the show. You're the founder of the Water Innovation 
Alliance Foundation. Hope everyone's uh, well in tune or a little bit more so with what's happening with the water infrastructure here in the U.S. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next month, next week, uh, yeah, next day, whenever you can make it in. Thanks uh, for joining in. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.